Hi, my name is Norman Ortiz, CEO and founder of iGenApps, and you're listening to the App Guy Podcast. The App Guy Podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. The App Guy Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host, it's Paul Kemp, and uh, this is the podcast that really does uh, go around and, and get some of the most interesting startup founders, uh, entrepreneurs, people are doing inspiring things because we love to be inspired. And that's because then when we're inspired, we make changes in our lives and we live a more purpose filled life, uh, helping others and uh, building some just awesome apps. Now, I've just watched one of the best videos I've seen in a long time, and uh, it's uh, by Jane Chung, and she is the co-founder of Kloof. Kloof. So if you go and uh, just check it out, pause the podcast, go and check out Kloof. It's very easy to find. It's quite a unique name, K-L-O-O-F, Kloof. And uh, there's an app and a website and this awesome video on Vimeo as well. So uh, Jane, it's wonderful that you could join us today on the App Guy podcast. Thanks, Paul, for having me. So you are cheating a little bit because um, uh, basically <laughs> to get a lot of interest, uh, all you need to do is do a lot of stuff with cats. And uh, and your video is just the most sweetest, cutest uh, thing. I want to download Kloof like immediately after watching it. Do you find that the video has helped you uh, with getting a lot of installs in your app? Definitely. Um, The reason behind the video is that we wanted to make people realize that pet content is so much fun and it makes people happy. And when you're having a bad day, you can open up your app and see photos and pictures of pets that are 100% guaranteed to make you exactly that happy. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. So just to explain, it's a pet app then. Maybe actually you could uh, just give us a a little one, two minutes sort of story on what Kloof is and... uh, and why we should download it. Sure. So Kloof is sort of a place where pet parents can come and share photos and videos of their pets. And it's sort of like a pet Instagram meets Reddit where people submit their photos and the best uh, photos get floated up to the top 10 list. Um, People love seeing photos of their pets because um, it's not just pet parents who... Uh, get to overshare as much as they want because on Facebook or Instagram they feel kind of self-conscious of not being the crazy cat lady or dog person that's always constantly sharing photos. Um, But this is a place where people are passionate and they can just share every minute and moment of um, their pets' lives. Uh, You know, there's lovely themes developing on this podcast series and to all the apps to Tribe who have gone through uh, previous episodes, one of the themes that tends to come out is that uh, the app world and uh, technology is a little bit like TVs and TV channels when they first came out that, you know, there was only for us here in the UK, only uh, there was only actually one and then three and then five. And then, you know, basically uh, satellite TV came out and we had uh, enormous choice. And that's a little bit like, I guess, apps and uh, what we're doing here, because we're growing these communities, these communities of pet lovers that once probably went to YouTube to get their, you know, m- maybe the odd, uh, you know, cat picture or video 
but now they're going to all these different uh, apps like yours as well. Is that is that a fair comment? Is that a fair assessment that we're seeing all these different communities and, and this multitude and explosion of uh, interest all over the place? Paul, you are absolutely right. Um, that's exactly what's going on. The trend is that um, now these social networks are becoming so huge and it's just been a big aggregate of so many things that people feel bombarded and inundated by so much content. And so the more niche your community is, um, it, that is what focuses the passion. And so when you have a very niche thing focused on, let's just say, channel here, um, that's when um, people feel less overwhelmed and they know that Cliff is the place you go for pet funny videos slash funny cute photos, you know, and you don't have to go through a ton of content to search through uh, a huge large network. And, you know, I think it's giving us ideas already, you know, we've, we're a bunch of people that can build apps and uh, already it's making me think that what other uh, opportunities are there out there to actually go micro niche, to go niche into whatever you're doing and pick, pick something that's very popular, like I guess pet lovers, and then just you know, like you've done, create a, a Reddit-style app uh, and uh, and bring some happiness and joy to people. Uh, so I, I was going to ask you, how um, how do you actually vote up the content uh, in the app? Do, do, how does that work? Sure. So a lot of people, when they um, are on, say, for example, Twitter or Instagram, they have to build a follower system. And that feels overwhelming because you might have a celebrity who has 17 million followers and then you're starting out. You're like, well, no one's going to read or um, see any of what I write. And so what we're doing is leveraging really our um, democratized platform. And so it's all based on the time. It's a timestamp. So the moment that you publish your content, everyone gets to see it within a 24-hour window. And every photo starts at the 24-hour line and starts voting up. And the more popular and likes and shares and comments it gets, uh, we have an algorithm that figures out which ones are the best ones. So that gets floated up to our top 10 list. This, and then this is so interesting, Jen. I've got to I've got to jump in here because we've had so many guests on this show, you know, complain about the Facebook timeline algorithm changes happening this year, and uh, I'd love to learn more about your, you know, your process of democratizing your timeline. Perhaps we can focus and drill down on that perspective because I think that's fascinating. When you say democratize your timeline, could you expand on that a bit more? Sure. So um, we, we take into account that our app is spread out among 143 countries. Um, so, you know, everybody has different time zones. Everybody has different um, time of when they see the content. So in order to ensure that the best content gets floated up onto to the top, we give every photo a 24-hour timeline. And then with, within that 24-hour timeline, they get the best votes or shares or activity, if you will, on each photo. That gets nominated. So the top 100 photos get nominated and people have another 24-hour chance to vote on those uh, photos and videos. So everybody gets 10 votes equally 
you could use all of them or you could use one of them. And that's really exciting because you have that opportunity to share with other people. If you really love a photo, you could just share it with your friends. And if they love it, they also vote it, vote it up to the top. So we, we have that second structure of nominating the first 100 and then also having a voting system on top of it to really um, pick out the layer of the best content. So we don't need a huge editorial curation staff anymore. We are really leveraging our community to be um, the people who separates that content. That, and obviously a very sensible thing to do. And so I'm trying to understand the 24-hour window then. So are you saying that everyone who posts a, a picture, uh, I'm guessing, are you limiting the number of posts that users can do? Nope. So that's the great thing about Kloof is that you're a pet parent and you get a new puppy and you want to share, you know, when your puppy is um, sleeping, when he's doing something funny or if he's eating or he's playing with his toy, um, to post that on Facebook all the time. People are like, oh, great. You know, she's posting her photos of her puppy again. Um, <laughs> yeah, for but, me, it's my kids. And uh, exactly. sorry about that. It's sort of like babies and kids, except with babies, you have a little bit privacy issue. But with pets, people people don't care. You know, they, they want to share it with everybody. And it doesn't matter if there are strangers who see and view your, your pets. So that's the great thing about pets is that they're such an extroverted thing to share. And... Um, that that that's why it's so viral that's why it's so popular that's why people just um you know love love just oversharing and that's what we encourage and we joke around our tagline is uh, cat ladies unite dogs dog lovers uh united <laughs> so um so you, really you've just given uh, the appster tribe a lot of homework and that is go through your facebook you know as you finish this podcast go through facebook and look at the most annoying things the things that really shouldn't be on there the things that you don't care about and that, that people are posting and then creating a, an, an, a dedicated app for that community where they can go and do that stuff like within you know a community of people that actually do care and, and that could, doesn't have to just be for pets it could be for almost anything uh, uh, that, that you see on Facebook or Twitter. So what a great, wonderful piece of, uh, I guess, in, uh, an idea there. Exactly, Paula. And that's the thing. If you can tap into a community that is absolutely passionate over a singular subject, that's what, that's what can make a community really grow. And to be able to overshare without feeling self-conscious is really key because you're just sharing your joy and love for um, that that topic or channel. So with the timeline, perhaps we can come back to that. I'm actually um, playing with the app right now as we speak and it looks great. But uh, what I'd like to learn, because the uh, I think the launch of Kloof is, is fascinating because we, we learn a lot. We've had authors of books that are all about traction and launch. And we're, we'd love to learn from you what process you went through uh, building up to the launch and then actually launching the app. Sure. Um, so last year, we were part of a accelerator program called Techstars. And um, Techstars chooses about 11 companies that are 30,000 applicants. And what they do is provide you with an, uh, advisors, um, entrepreneurs. It's, it's a really place 
where a lot of uh, people in the entrepreneur investors world come together and help each other out. Uh, so that that has helped us remarkably in getting connected in here in New York to find investors, to find funding, um, and to learn from each other, designers, engineers, um, things of that nature. And last year around the fall, we we started designing from what what we wanted to bring to the table that was innovative and new, but also learn from what pet parents had wanted. And so having that marriage and data, but also trying to innovate, what is the next future uh, going forward? And we really saw the future in democratizing the, t uh, the platform um, by using the community. Um, and, and focusing on that and putting that into the very fabric of our app, uh, we decided that um, our app is not really just an app. It's really a tool that we give to our passionate pet parents. And that's something that we consider as a active content contributor. So not everyone who looks at the app is going to be an active content contributor. But you don't really need so many content contributors to make this business scale or to make this app really a large community. Yeah. What, what so, so I was going to ask you, Jane. Uh, we had an, uh, a guest on, Joe Com, who's the New York Times bestselling author, and and he uh, launched an app. And he found that uh, one of his successes was writing about something unique with a passion and getting a lot of attention. Have you been blogging about the the issue of uh, democratized timeline and how some people feel left out because of all the celebrities? Is is that how you've gone about some of the strategies for getting? Uh, I guess, attention to your app? Um, surprisingly, we haven't done very much commercializing of our app. Uh, everything has been very organically grown. And if you even look at the popularity of our Facebook page, we have over 1.2 million likes on our Facebook. And Wow, congratulations. Thank you. You're, you're going down as a guest who's got almost the biggest Facebook following. We did have someone who had just over a million, but I think uh, that that's enorm enormous. So we're going to have to pick you up on that because then I mentioned about the Facebook algorithm changes. Has that impacted you on how you can actually get uh, status updates in front of your audience? Um, yes. So uh, we, we grew that audience within nine months and that proves us to us and to everybody else that you don't have to pull teeth in order for people to like something like pets. Um, I used to work in the digital ad agency and used to work for Fortune 500 companies. And in order to get a, a like from somebody, it was very costly. The user acquisition was um, very high. You had to always offer something, a promo code or something for exchange. Um, but with this, it was free because it was everything's organic because people just love seeing photos of pets. So the subject in itself, we knew we had something that people loved. So that's where we started. Um, in terms of the democratizing our platform, um, we're just getting this off the ground. So when you're just getting off the ground, that's when you start uh, with acquiring users who, first of all, know about us, and number two, contribute great content. And in the beginning, you know, we're, we're getting everything um, started up. So you'll start with small content. And we started off with like 
13 photos and we're like, yeah, we have 13 photos. <laughs> You've got to celebrate these small wins. I mean, it's phenomenal that... I look over to my co-founders and they're so excited. We're like saying cheers and, you know, patting ourselves on the back. But now <laughs> we've really grown where we could um, separate the content and get our users excited for voting and people sharing. And, and that's exciting to me because the, I see the content um, from March until now and see how much it's gotten better and how much as the audience grows, it's also going to get even better. And um, this, this top, the idea of top 10 lists is really getting people excited. We even think about ideas of celebrifying pets um, and really giving them an opportunity to <laughs> be a star. And pet parents love that. So, so I want to give uh, the Appster tribe now a taste of reality because uh, one of the focuses on this podcast is is telling you know literally trying to un unravel the um, the wizard behind the curtains effectively and uh, you know just trying to ensure that people don't have the false um, understanding about when they come into the app world so for example imagine five years down the line or even just maybe one year down the line Kluve gets bought out by Facebook you know there's a, um, a really huge buyout and people see that and think, oh, I need to do this app, you know, this um, pet app, and I'll be a multimillionaire. <laughs> and uh, they don't see the huge amount of work, the fact that you're celebrating seven pictures going on and, and all the back, the hard work. Perhaps you could talk to, um, you know, how hard it is to, uh, do you just focus on uh, monetizing later? Just focus on building a, an engaged audience at the start? Is that what you're focusing on right now? Have you almost forgotten about the monetization until, you know, later down the line? Sure. Um, so, you know, we hear about Snapchat. First, uh, to, your, to answer your first question, um, yes, you know, like people are going to think, wow, Snapchat is valued at 10 billion. Wow, look at how, you know, Vine was bought out by Twitter. Wow, look at Tumblr. Instagram. And so a lot of people have this notion that if you create an app and people download it a million times that it's going to get uh, bought out by billions of dollars. Um, and I think that's kind of the wrong motivation because when you start off with a motivation like that, then it affects your work, it affects what you uh, create, it affects your community, and communities can re recognize what's authentic and what's not. And for me, when I went from digital ad agency world and into the startup world, it was never really about the money in the first place. For me, I, I saw it as a challenge. I saw something where you could build something from the ground up in an industry that could uh, possibly carve out a future way of having people view and see content, not only through our mobile, but the way that we could democratize the platform. So for me, that was a challenge. And I went in thinking, looking at actually the stats of startups failing and going, okay, startups like this has a 0.01% success rate. <laughs> right, so okay. Is that, is that it, is it? Opposite, yeah. A 0.01% chance of success. Exactly. And, <laughs> okay. and I, had, I had to say to myself, you know, I have to be okay with the fact that this can absolutely fail after a launch and I will still want to do it. And that answer was yes.
And it wasn't because of the idea that I was going to get bought up by Facebook. Yes, you know, it was really about um, I want I was doing my my creative job for so long, and it's one thing to work for a company, and it's another thing to really envision something and make something your own and seeing if it can take off and seeing something that you can create that people love and they build. And that was more important to me. And as an artist, uh, I have an artist background. Um, it, was, it was always something challenging, always something that piqued my curiosity and interest. Um, so that's the answer to your first question. Um, and then <laughs> the second question, um, what? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was more about uh, we, we were trying. I mean, that's wonderful. Thank you for going through that, because I think that the Abster tribe listening right now have to understand that they can't go in for money reasons. And I, I know that for sure. And I just think it's it's really important to reinforce that you've got to have like a belief, a real thing that you want to change in the world, something you think is broken. And, that, you know, the company you're joining, the startup or even the the startup you're starting yourself is actually going to fix that thing that's broken. And, and you have a passion for believing that, that a lot of us, uh, ironically, you've bought, you've, you've ended up creating this 1 million um, Facebook audience, which is uh, uh, unbelievable. Uh, only many of us can dream of that. Uh, and, uh, but you, you've still got this passion for democratizing your own platform and uh, making sure that, you know, one one vote, one count kind of thing and uh, people feel involved in and in part of a community. Yep. And, oh, now I, uh, now I understand your second question is, yes, absolutely, we cannot ignore the money side of it because we are three people and we do need to have housing and we do need to eat. <laughs> so... Um, and there are servers that we have to pay for and there are the operations and legal fees and all the accounts and the bookkeeping that, that needs funding. And in order to raise funding and showing that this could potentially be um, a return on investment to the investors that we ask for money, we do have to reveal value. Um, and what kind of value do we serve here? Well, what we're doing is when we learn and have pet parents register with us, we do know what kind of, um, we're we able to gain data and we are able to make smart recommendations. So advertising is no longer, you know, banner ads right in your face. I think that's that's one form of advertising, but now more and more if you look into the, the future, it's more about recommending and serving up the audience that we are cultivating. So, you know, you have a French bulldog and we know it's your French bulldog's birthday that's coming up. We give them a, a small little free promo code to a, a dog bakery that's close by. Oh, that is, that is great. Yeah. I love and, that. And giving you a notification in your phone and driving it right into you know, a pet company that can serve up better organic food for your puppy. That's something that can serve our community, but it also is valuable to pet companies who need to target pet parents and they don't know how to connect with them on a brick and mortar basis. So we are provide and we're meeting the pet parents online where most of everybody is now. Um, and, and so there is so much potential with 
doing something with the community, when you start focusing on what their needs are and trying to con connect that with uh, businesses who, who want to reach these pet parents. This is wonderful stuff. And it's, again, another theme that I've been thinking about hard myself is the fact that we uh, live such noisy lives. There's so much uh, stuff around us, you know, trying to vie for our attention. And uh, we want apps, we want things to curate our lives. And so I just want, you know, the app to sort of know that I am a pet lover. And yes, I've got a French bulldog or whatever pet I've got, and that it's um, their birthday. And, you know, what a, what a wonderful idea that you're celebrating uh, pets' birthdays as well. And using that is a very clever way of, uh, uh, of curating your community's um, life in a way. Yes. And Paul, you, you wouldn't believe this, but the statistic is that there's three times as more pets than children in the U.S. alone. Um, and that's six, that's 68% of the U.S. household. And if you imagine that, that's 83 million homes. And the pet industry is a $58 million, a billion dollar industry up to this date. And it's only been growing in the past decade despite, despite the economy. And what's happening here is that a lot of um, the younger millennials are replacing, you know, children or uh, what have you in the urban areas with pets, and they they baby their kid, their pets like children, <laughs> and they yeah. buy all sorts of things and pamper them, and uh, there there is a a huge pet industry that is waiting to connect with pet parents. Well, this is what I love about this show is the fact that, you know, I'm not speaking to big corporations, to uh, companies that dominate the world. You know, here we are talking to a startup from, you know, me running my podcast in my own house. And uh, so what I love about this innovative world we live in is that it took a startup like yourself, your, your creativity as the co-founder to bring this to the world. And yet you've got these multi-billion dollar industries uh, run by very large corporations with uh, hundreds of thousands of people involved and yet none of them have be, been able to uh, appeal to this audience in in the same way and certainly you know collect uh, a, a community of a million facebook likes within you know the space that you've done it so i just think it's it shows us that we have an amazing opportunity ahead just being creative and uh, loving what we do and uh, yeah that's that's everything this podcast stands for absolutely and one thing that you know, people, people and investors are going to ask: What is so proprietary about you guys? And anyone can make an app, anyone can make a platform, anyone can rip off a code and you know create the same thing. But what people cannot replicate is number one, creativity and always moving forward into uh, inspiring an audience and for them to want to try out your app. And number two is you can't replicate uh, a community that's very passionate and loyal to that brand. And so um, a lot of people just think, oh, it's just a matter of building something or a platform. But that's only one component of it. You have to see what the big vision is. You have to see what the tone and the brand is and what you guys stand for that makes people want to use it. And the platform is only just a matter of making it easy and accessible um, and user-friendly. Just This is great. And uh, I know we're running out of time and I've got to be careful not to overshoot the uh, 
the 30 minutes. So before we wrap this up, uh, Jane, what I would normally ask you is, um, could we flesh out an idea for an app? But I think you've given uh, us enough to go on just simply by that observation of uh, looking for communities, looking for uh, um, places where you can build, you know, like a community in an app uh, that is off of some of these larger networks and larger social media platforms. Because uh, if I love pets, I don't want to go to Twitter, really, and uh, annoy all my friends. I want to go to Kloof. So I've, I think you've given us enough to go on. So the other thing we like to ask is, um, you know, as, an, as a startup founder, an entrepreneur, how do you get through the day? What one or two apps do you tend to use that uh, you could recommend to us that we may not have heard of? What you haven't heard of? Well, everyone has heard of, have you heard of Tinder? Oh, you know, well, I'm married. So uh, I think, yeah. uh, is it the so, dating app? So Tinder is what everyone has already heard of. However, there's a new app called Hinge. And the the problem with Tinder... You're not trying to get me into tr- trouble here, are you, Jane? Because I don't <laughs> want to download it. My wife has a look at my phone and I've got all these dating apps on there. And she's like, I'm saying, hey, it's research for the show. It's only for pure research. <laughs> Tinder is something that I study only because it's a a photo it's very visual and you know it's quick the interface is easy and just like clue we're also a very visual app a photo sharing app so I see tinder however a lot of people complain the content or you know <laughs> it's not curated basically mm-hmm. and what hinge does is that at 12 o'clock exactly you get a batch of 15 people who is connected through your second and third degree uh, Facebook friends. So it does two things. Number one, it creates a behavior pattern. At 12 o'clock, you understand that you're going to get the surprise, and so you open up the app. Number two, it really takes curation, and it leverages your Facebook friends. So you don't have a bunch of random people that suggested to you. You do know that they're in your circle, so that feels more safe and it feels more credible. Right. So um, I think, you know, finding more creative ways to curate, finding ways to teach a behavior pattern that becomes almost instinctual um, is is very smart. Well, that that's wonderful. And, you know, I think that uh, actually I was looking at the news um this is the day that we're recording it. So yesterday, I think it came out that Tinder is raising some new money and uh, it looks like they've come out with potentially a $1 billion valuation uh, from the money they're raising from uh, IAC. So uh, there's uh, a lot to be said. And maybe, uh, here's your awesome app idea. Uh, Maybe it exists, maybe it doesn't, but a pet dating app. Yes. Because we, we are all obsessed with, you know, the pedigree of the dogs, for example, and getting the right uh, match. And I remember as a kid, my parents taking our dogs and they just didn't like each other. And we were trying to mate these two dogs. And uh, uh, yeah, so there you go uh, to the Appster tribe, which has come up with a multi-billion dollar uh, potential because there's more dogs than humans. So we, we actually published an article about the correlations between pets and dating. So um, we know exactly because people love to use their pets as a talking point. Um, and in fact, we are partnering up with the United Nations and creating the first ever World Pet Day. So on September 28th is your 
first World Pet Day, we're getting celebrities and pet companies to sponsor us and raising money for pet humanitarian causes. So that should be exciting. Oh, great. Well, I'll make sure that I put a link in your show notes. So people listening to this, if you want to go and find out more about that, certainly go to uh, theappguy.co, search for uh, Jane Chung and uh, episode 135, and you'll see a load of links there to uh, World Pet Day, which I think you should get involved. I want to encourage everybody now to go and download the app I have and uh, give it a five-star rating. Uh, I like the look of it for sure. It's a beautiful um, looking app. I can see that there's new uh, and following. So, um, yeah, just really good. So, uh, well, Jane, I'm so, sorry, but we've got to bring this to an end. I could talk to you for uh, a long time. And so um, how's, how best can we reach out and connect with you? Um, well, you can send me an email at jc at kloof.com. And if anybody has suggestions or anything that you would like to see, uh, I would love to hear from you. jc at kloof.com. Wonderful. Um, Jane. It is a phenomenal. I feel like I've got you early because you're going to be a superstar in the future. And, uh, you know, I think that one million audience could go to 10 million and uh, uh, maybe one day bigger than Facebook. Who knows? Because uh, <laughs> the pets are taking over the world. <laughs> they are. Well, I mean, I'm, I always go to YouTube every day and have a look at the top 10 and uh, well, the top, the most popular. And it's always, always without doubt. Uh, there's always a pet related uh, video in the top of YouTube so we know it's people are obsessed with their pets and uh, uh, yeah getting that stuff off Facebook is another worthy course that I think you should actually <laughs> fight for yes you know Google search their last decade pets dogs and cats always make it to the top 10 category right just a little FYI <laughs> thank you so much Paul yeah wonderful to have you on the show thank you so much you're welcome back anytime we'd love to keep uh, track of how progress is going with uh, with Cleef. Uh, Jane bye for now bye bye thank you for listening to this podcast stay tuned for the next episode if you want to be a guest on the show or suggest someone then please send an email to info at onemob.com the app guy podcast 